step on up, sit down, twist off that bottle top, or crack open that can. And welcome to Porch Matters. This is Terry Cagle coming to you from my back porch. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The name of this show is authentic. On Porch Matters, our saying is this. Big issues or just a friendly conversation. No topic is off limits. We take pride in being able to talk about anything with each other in an open discussion. Open discussion is one of the only ways to learn. Your perspective could be changed. You could change the perspective of others. Friends and family, welcome to another episode of Porch Matters. I'm glad you're here. I hope everyone has been good since we last spoke. I know it's been almost a month. I've been both under the weather and incredibly busy. On top of that, I've had some guests scheduled, but with it being this time of year, I've had to do some rescheduling. I'm feeling better. Still not where I want to be mentally or physically, but we're going to get there. As a truck driver, you have to go and get what we call in the business of DOT physical. As most of you know, I've had blood pressure issues in the past. I got myself better and was able to come off the pills a couple of years ago, but apparently blood pressure issues have snuck back up on me. My blood pressure whenever I got my physical done was 130 over 90, which is not terrible, but I got to get the bottom number down, and as a result of that, I was given a three-month physical card, meaning I've got to go back in three months and get checked out again or I can't drive a truck. I've been feeling very overwhelmed lately, but everything is going to be just fine. This is not an episode for me to say, woe is me at all. I got what I think is a good show and a good conversation coming to you. But before I do that, if this is your first time listening to Porch Matters, I want to thank you for listening. I hope you like, follow, or subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to us on. And at the end of the show, I'm going to ask you if this show has been a positive addition to your life to leave a review and share it with at least one person this week. Guys, word of mouth is still the absolute best way of sharing. I greatly appreciate you taking two seconds and sharing the show on your social media whenever you do it as well. It might not seem like much, but it really helps me out whenever you do those things. I'm very appreciative of you guys. You're the army that pushes this show forward. I wouldn't be able to do this without you. We're close to 10,000 downloads, y'all. I know I said that last episode. As I speak right now, this show has 9,873 downloads. Help me spread the word and let's see if we can get past 10,000 downloads before Christmas or before the new year. Really would appreciate it, y'all. December is a big month for everyone. It's also a big month for me. If you didn't know, my birthday was this past week. I appreciate all the text messages and posts on Facebook from everyone. You know what? 41 ain't so bad. Thanks for making this fat boy feel special. For my birthday, Stacy decided it would be good to go see Trans-Siberian Orchestra this past Thursday. Thank you, Stacy. I love you. If you've never seen or heard Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you need to do a Google search. Look them up on Apple Music or Spotify or YouTube. They put on a great show. I plan on going to seeing them from now on if they continue to come to Birmingham. This past Saturday night, 
I got to see some of my extended family for our annual Christmas dinner. Still got several more family events planned for the rest of the year. The company that I work for shuts down twice a year, the week of the 4th of July and the week between Christmas and New Year. I cannot wait for that week to get here, let me tell you. I've had something heavy on my mind the last few days. Christmas is less than a week away, and I'm sure there's some of you either still scrambling to find gifts for family members, or you're still trying to figure out how to pay for gifts. Most of you probably already know this, but some of you may not. I'm not a huge fan of Christmas. I haven't been for the last 15 to 20 years. A little bit about me. I was the only grandchild on my dad's side. Now, you'd think that would be awesome at Christmas time, right? When I was a small kid, it was. I ain't going to lie to you. Grandparents had a small tree on top of a little table, and that tree was always covered up with presents. However, later on, I I was told that my grandfather didn't exactly like having me around when I was a kid because I'd get into stuff. I was also told that it would break my grandmother's heart. But it always seemed funny, as I got older and was able to see some stuff, every Saturday come rain or shine, she'd go shopping. I started asking myself, if she really missed me that much, why didn't she come see me? After a bit, I'll be honest with you, I started resenting those presents that had my name on them. When I was about seven or eight, I think, my grandfather started acting like he enjoyed my company a little bit, but he had a stroke that did some brain damage. That later turned into dementia and later on full-blown Alzheimer's. My grandmother ended up developing it later on, too. They've both been gone for some time now, and I'm really not trying to talk bad about people that are not here to defend themselves. But now that I'm older, I can at least see some of their reasoning. However, I barely had any connection to them at all. I really didn't know them at all. The only thing I knew was just the stories that I had heard of them. They didn't really feel like family to me. They just felt like extended family I never saw. Conversely, my family in Dilworth was another story. I used to stay with my grandparents or my mom's mom and dad all the time whenever my mom and dad worked. Grew up in the garden, working with Grandpa, watching him piddle, as he called it. You know, you couldn't help but learn a little bit from him just by sitting around and watching him. One year, I asked my granddaddy what he wanted for Christmas. I also told him he was very hard to buy for. My Grandpa told me he wasn't hard to buy for. He didn't want anything but his family together and happy. That hit me like a ton of bricks because that was actually how my grandpa really felt. I understood the lesson that he taught me that day, and I carry it with me to this very day. When people ask me what I want for Christmas, I tell them all I want is a hug. Stacy actually got on to me the other night at Walmart. We were in there looking around, and I saw a men's devotional book and a journal that I liked, and I was going to buy them for myself. She crawled my case because I always buy myself a lot of stuff and don't make it easy for people to get me anything for Christmas or my birthday. I agreed with her. I don't. I love buying random gifts for her, 
and doing random things for others. I love giving. I have a hard time receiving. I also don't like for people to spend money on me because I appreciate the gift that I already get from them that is priceless. Your time is the best and most expensive gift that you can ever give someone. You only have so much of it to give and we don't know how much we have. Doesn't have to be a holiday or a special occasion to give that gift either. Your time is the one gift that anyone, no matter how much or how little money you have in your bank account, can afford to give. Am I saying don't go buy gifts for Christmas? Absolutely not. Watching children open up gifts is one of the best things I've ever seen. I love seeing the excitement a wrapped present brings a child. One of my favorite memories was finally being able to afford furniture and getting my mother a recliner and a couch in 2008 and seeing her face when it was delivered. But I also know that furniture gets worn out and falls apart. Children play with toys for just a little bit and then forget about it no matter how much it costs. But the time that we spend with people builds a connection. That connection, if built properly, will outlive you. Time spent makes memories that will last as long as the stories can be told. While presents are important things this time of year, time spent with those we care about is one of the most important things year-round. Some people work a lot to provide for their family and can't spend as much time as they'd like. It's a double-edged sword. As long as you're doing your best, they might not understand right now, but they will understand later on. Also, appreciate the time you have with those that love and care about you. Your circle. Don't ever take it for granted. You never know when the moments that you're sharing with someone will be the last you have. If you've lost loved ones, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you still have your mom, your dad, your grandparents, anybody else that you held dear in your life, take advantage of it while you have them, especially this time of year. Make plans to go home or to go to your grandparents' house and spend time with them this week. Some of us would give anything to have that again. Just remember, y'all, time is very precious. Don't be afraid to give it, and don't take it for granted when it's offered or given. Now it's time for the Porch Matters Food Review. There's a new restaurant in Cullman, over there by where I work in the old Ruby Tuesdays building. It's called Puckett's. Puckett's is a restaurant out of Nashville that has recently opened a location right there. Me and Stacy both wanted to go whenever they opened a couple of months ago, but we also wanted to wait until the crowd died down a bit. You know what I mean. When a place with a lot of buzz finally opens up, everybody wants to go at the same time. Well, we finally decided to give it a try a couple of weeks ago. I work in Coleman. Stacy actually drove over there on a Friday night to meet me. When we finally were able to get in and sit down, the atmosphere was fun. They had some live music going on. I hate to tell you this, but I forgot the fella's name, but he sure was tearing up a guitar. They have a full bar there, so people were drinking, and a few were having a lot of fun, if you know what I mean. Stacy ordered the chicken fried chicken for her meal, and I ordered some smoked wings with our bourbon glaze on top as an appetizer. Then I also ordered the smoked meatloaf for my meal. 
If you're in Coleman looking for a place to eat, you should remember Puckett's. They are located right next to Logan's Roadhouse and the old Ruby Tuesdays building. Food was good, really enjoyed the atmosphere and the live music. Service was also really good. Puckett's and Coleman is absolutely hashtag fatboy approved. Question for last episode was name five things that you're thankful for. Adventuring Light said, Jesus, family, food, and outdoors. Robert Jesse Dominguez of Bigfoot Club said, God, my health, family, Texas, Bigfoot Club for life. Bigfoot Club for life, Robert. Jordan Grace said, God, family, music, my job, and Taco Bell. I don't know about Taco Bell, Jordan, but music's definitely a good one. And free plug, if you happen to be in in or around the Jasper area and looking for a good church to go to, try Freedom Assembly of God right off of Highway 257. You'll be able to hear Jordan Grace and his father, James Grace, Jordan on the music and James bringing the word that the Lord lays on his heart. It's a really good place to go and it feels like family there. Kelly Davidson says, Jesus is saving grace, church family, God's protection, God's provision, and family. Mary Nell Saunders says, salvation, my family, my church family, my home, and missions. Those are good, Mary Nell. Mike Davison says, my savior, my wife, my kids, my parents, my job. Janice Cagle, a.k.a. Mama Cagle, that would be my mother. My savior, my son. Thank you, Mom. I love you, too. My family, my church, and my friend. Cindy Arroyo says, my family, our home, the ability to pay our bills and live, God, and, of course, all our animals, when they all make my life whole. And finally, Mark Watkins says, faith, family, friends, football, and chocolate. Roll Tide, Mark. Thanks to all of you who left your comment. Those are really awesome answers, y'all. The question I have for this episode is this. It's not a would-you-rather question. My question is, what does Christmas mean to you? My answer? Christmas is a time set aside that my family can come together and fellowship with one another, build our connection stronger than what it was, enjoy our company, and we can celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What say you? Please leave your comment below the question on social media, and I will be more than happy to read it on the next episode. On this episode, Christian Eccles comes to the porch to discuss his recent victory in Bellator MMA. Yeah, we also talk about what it took for him to get there. Thank you, Christian. I really enjoyed the conversation and looking forward to having another one with you in the future. Without further ado, let's get started. Christian Eccles, welcome to the porch, my friend. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on, man. 
Well, normally, you know, I kind of already just started off from by lying. Technically, I'm not on the porch because of the monsoon that's happening outside, and I've been forced to come into the living room. But even that, welcome to the porch. How you been doing, my friend? Ah, man, I've been doing good. I'm uh, coming off a big fight, the biggest fight of my career so far. It's uh, catapulted me into a lot of attention. I'm doing. I've got famous people from all over the place sharing videos of my fights and congratulating me. And you know, like on Instagram and Twitter and everything. Twitter not as much anymore, but man, if you got that blue check mark, that means something on social media. Yes, and dude, it does. I'm, my inbox and my likes have just been covered up with blue check marks and it's awesome, man. It's, uh, it's something cool. I almost feel I, the last, since the fight, I felt like I've been living in a dang movie. Hey, congratulations on it. And while we're, since you've already brought it up, let's just jump right into it. Bellator. How did you get there? My friend. Man, it's actually crazy. So usually you have to have a manager for something like that. You, uh, you're going to need a management team. You're going to need people that have connections with those guys. But I was actually training up here at 10th Planet one night. So I just to start out correctly, I was on a two-fight win streak. And uh, things were going great. And I seen this guy named Pat Downey who was on the USA wrestling team. You know, I seen him fight his first fight, and I was like, wow, that guy's really good. Yeah. I had heard of him in the past, but I didn't know how good he was. But uh, So I uh, was sitting up here training. And like I said, things are going good in my fight career and I'm training I'm getting ready for uh, maybe to look for a fight. I was trying to book one, one more for the end of the year. And my phone goes off and I went over there and checked it and I checked it and there was a message from this lady named Jane. And it said, hi, Noah, are you available to fight for Bellator December 9th? And I was like, whoa, what? There's no way that's right. I mean, who would have thought Bellator would be messaging me on Facebook? Automatically, you're feeling like it's a prank. Right. Yes, I did. I told everybody, I was like, somebody's messing with me. They've got to be. And uh, I messaged them back and they was like, do you have a, I said, yeah, I'm interested. And they said, do you have a coach or a manager we can speak with? So I sent them my coach's name because I don't have a manager yet. I'm working on that one now. But uh sent them my coach's name and my coach messaged me back and was like, hey man, they're offering you to fight Pat Downey. And he was like, that's a, that's a big one. That's, that's a it big is, name. It is a big one. And I was like, ah, how are we feeling about it? Like, how do you, how you see that going? And he was like, I mean, we could take it if you want to. And of course, I mean, I'm a fighter. So I was like, exactly. Let, let's go with it. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't ever turn down a fight. No. Real fighters don't anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, I've never turned down a fight ever. So how, so how long have you been a professional? I've been a professional for. I want to say coming up on three years. Where'd you get your start at? Uh, I was fighting for a company called AFC. And as an amateur, I, I didn't have many amateur fights. I only had five. And I went three and two. So, I mean, I was on the winning side of the record, but just wasn't, wasn't a lot of experience. And this promoter, he was like, hey, man, I know, uh, you know, you probably want to get paid. So why don't you go pro and I can pay you without you having to sell tickets, you know, because you make ticket commission, but to get a for sure pay, you can just turn pro. So I was like, man, yeah, if I'm going to make a couple hundred bucks doing this, that'd be cool. I'm tired of doing it for free. I don't so I, yeah, I turned pro and started making little small checks and that didn't go good at first. I actually ended up starting out 0 and 2. So 
you got to start somewhere and you got to get your fit. You know, you got to get the lay of the land and everything else. A lot of people probably don't know just how MMA works. And, you know, you've got everybody knows the Coca-Cola of MMA, if you will. Everybody knows UFC and everybody is starting to know Bellator as well. But they don't realize that there's a lot of other smaller MMA organizations that feed up to those big up to those big leagues as well. And they don't understand the grind that it called that, that it is basically where, yeah. where all were you fighting at whenever you turned pro? So I turned pro and fought for the AFC, the one I fought, the one that initially turned, we got me to turn pro. I fought Treshawn Gore, right. who's in the UFC now. Then uh, I left there, went to B2 digital fought in Birmingham. A guy named Derek Overstreet, who was an ex division one college football player. He was a beast, but, uh, yeah. Ended up losing both of those, and then I had a rough past. You know, I have a past of drug addiction, and just I used to be a big time party. You know, I was fresh out of high school, and I was a fighter. You know, I was I was living on top of the world in a small town, and uh, I ended up getting in trouble. So actually, actually got sold a press pill during my party days, and it I overdosed. So when I woke up in the hospital. I got out of the hospital. Uh, obviously, I mean, they gave me the Narcan and everything, and I was okay. Coming out of the hospital, got in some trouble by my probation officer, and she sent me to the sober living place. And I was with another team whenever I was training then. I was with Gracie Baja at the time. Then I left Gracie Baja because whenever I was living in Hartzell or Fallville at this uh, Living Free program, the sober living, I came to this gym called 10th Planet Decatur. That's where I'm at now. That's where I train now. And I met some great coaches and some guys that are serious. Like these guys, this is what this is all they do. Their job is to coach people and train. Right. And so once I got with them, I started think, taking things a lot more serious. And I ended up fighting for uh, I fought for the AFC again. Fought a guy, beat him in twenty or thirty-two seconds. And then I went back to be be two digital. Fought a guy, beat him in thir- or twenty-three seconds actually. And then. The next one was the Bellator fight. So did they actually tell you exactly where they found you? Uh, no, they didn't. But I was actually, so, I mean, I, they didn't tell me where they found me, but I know why I was being brought in. I was being brought in because I'm a two and two professional fighter. And I, I was, uh, I was supposed to be a stepping stone for him to be the poster boy. Right. But I wasn't having that. That was a, that was a nasty uppercut. I'm just gonna <laughs> Thank you, spoiler alert to anybody who did not see the fight. That was a very nasty uppercut. You landed it backing up too. Yeah. Bravo, I, bravo, sir. <laughs> man, when I took that step, I like my dad was telling me the other day, you know, you can see me generate power all the way from my toes to my uppercut. Yep. And you just see it going through my body when I planted because I was backing up. When I stopped, I just planted and threw it. Yeah. I don't you could tell it landed clean. You could tell. Yeah, so I knew we had worked on uppercuts a lot during the fight camp because the guy, I mean, he was on Team USA for wrestling. He's obviously going to wrestle me. So <clears throat> I knew that when I rocked him that he was going to start wrestling. So I actually threw another uppercut before that one. It missed, just barely missed him. He tried to take me down. I stopped the takedown. And then uh, that's whenever I rocked him with a right hand. When I rocked him with my hand, I was like, okay, he's going to wrestle again. This is the sh- This is the money shot right here. He was really rocked at this point. He's kind of walking towards me like a zombie. And man, that uppercut, 
was on the money, just like the perfect spot, the perfect time. And it's hard to, it's hard to find that like perfect shot, but when you do find it, it is beautiful. I could just, I mean, I felt like as my fist come off of the side of his face, I just felt him crumple. That's why I had a walk. I, I never thought I'd have a walk off knockout, but man, when I felt him just go limp, I turned and I was like, that's it. Have I approached you yet about a possible contract or possible future fight? Uh, they haven't yet. So that's what I'm waiting on now. I, uh, after this fight I had, or before this fight, to get ready for these big league fights, you have to have a brain MRI. You have to have a multiple of other tests from doctors. And I had a brain MRI. It turns out I have a little spot on my brain. It is possibly, uh, I can't remember what they call it. It's like de- possible delamination on my brain. They don't know if that's what it is for sure. But they want me to get a brain MRI with contrast so I can like take care of it in the future and watch out on it. So I got to take care of that. And then I'm thinking they're going to offer me, but I'm working on getting a manager now so they can go ahead and be in contact and be like, Hey, once he gets this taken care of, are y'all going to bring him back? Cause you know, like the video of my knockout, the guy that fought in the main event is the guy that won the million dollar contract last year. And he's the only person from that whole entire, I was only the, I was the fourth fight of the prelims. I wasn't even on the main card. Right. And my video has gotten the video of me knocking him out. Both of them have got more views than anybody else from the card, except for the main event. And we're like, we're right there beside each other. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really thinking the views that I'm bringing in and like the amount of people that want to see me come back because I was myself. And like, I didn't get on the microphone and be like, Oh, I'm going to destroy everybody or nothing crazy. And I was just myself. I was just in there, like living the dream and just in soaking up that moment. People really like was drawn to that. I've had, messages from all over the world from people telling me like hey man hey you because i kind of told my story a little bit of my drug addiction afterwards and they posted it like man you inspired me and i loved hearing you on the microphone we could just tell that was you that wasn't a fake alter ego hey you've got a fantastic story from what i've heard and you know it is very inspiring and i'm sure there's somebody out there that's listening right now that may be rock bottom or getting close to it what would you say to that person right now who might be needing some help? I mean, if they're, if you're out there, you're, you know, let's say you're in a drug addicted, like you're addicted to drugs or you're at rock bottom for whatever reason. And you just feel like giving up, man, don't you like, no matter where you, how far you are down that path, you can come out of that. It's going to take a while and you're going to have to keep your nose down. You're going to have to grind hard. You're going to have to pick something that you want to do and be successful at it, you're going to have to work hard at it, but you can come out of that and you can be successful in whatever you want to do. Um, I honestly, you know, when I was at rock bottom living in a sober living place with a bunch of guys that were, I never did dope, but I always did pills and stuff. But like, I was living with a bunch of guys that, you know, like they was ex on meth, they was on heroin, they was on this, on this and that. And like, I've watched them like come out of it and they're all doing great in their field. Like whatever they do for work, man, they just, they work really hard. They keep their nose down. They're just grinding at it. I know they're going to be successful people. And like, I watch people from all aspects of life do it. And that's what really drives me is like, when I seen these other people that did, I was like, I know if I, if they can do it, I can do it. And that's what I want to do is I want to inspire people. I want other people to have, when they see me, I want them to have that mindset of like, if he can do it, I can do it. And I mean, that's, that's really been my big goal with fighting. You know, it started out is when I was young and, you know, kind of, I was very selfish. I just wanted to fight on TV just so I could be like, Oh, I fought on TV. I'm cool. You know, but 
it slowly turned into like, I want to do this for other people. In a couple of years, I want people to be like, wow, that guy's champion of Bellator or that guy is uh, a rich fighter, whatever. And I want to, I want to go to schools. I want to go to a public place. I want to speak to them and just like, let them know what I went through. And, you know, my biggest motivation is God. God has what I found God whenever I got sober and it's just like ever since I've put him into my life and I put him first, everything about my life has changed. When I have issues, I don't take it myself. I don't like just sit there and like get depressed about it. I pray, I give it to God and I just kind of like don't, I try not to think about it. And I just keep praying about it until my prayers are answered. And so far, every problem I've had when I've prayed to God about it and I've sat back and I've let him handle it and I've done my, I've done right by myself and by other people that's involved, everything's worked out. It's amazing what happens whenever we let go and let him handle it, ain't it? It is indeed, man. I I heard that for a long time and like I always was just like, ah, you don't see God answering prayers, Joe. It's just something I it's just like I I believed in God, obviously, but like I wasn't deep into it of like belief of him fixing things or whatever, like physically, but he does. I don't care what anybody says. People can try to talk me out of it, whatever. Nobody will ever change my mind because he's done. He has moved mountains for me. I went from rock bottom to being on top of the world, man. I like I am so grateful to have such a good God and just the, somebody that will take care of me as long as I'm doing right and I go to him. And a lot of people don't understand that. It's like people that try to speak badly of God or they don't believe in God. They're just like. Oh, well, he does this. He, or he's never done this for me. He didn't answer my prayer. And I'm, I tell him, I'm like, well, I mean, you got, you, God's not going to come all the way to you. You got to meet him halfway. He's going to stick his hand out, but you got to reach out and grab it. You got to do the work to get to him. Exactly. You know, just going by what you were just saying right there during the story, whenever Jesus walked on water and Peter wanted to meet him, I wanted to come out there with him. As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he stayed on top. Yes. But, as soon as he turned his eyes, that's when he started to sink. And on top of that, just to go along with what you said, Jesus didn't grab a hold of him. He had to reach up and get him. Yes. And I, I believe that in the walk of life of, you know, trying to do things and trying to fix yourself or trying to come out of a depression or come, trying to come out of whatever you're in. I mean, like I said, people don't understand that he's not going to come to you. You're going to have to meet him halfway. He will meet you halfway. He will. I mean, if you start, if you're not doing anything wrong, you're going to church, you're praying to him, you're talking to him, you have that relationship with him, then he will meet you. I don't care what anybody says. No, I've had so many people try to make points to me about this and about that. Why does God do this? And you just ain't changing my mind. (laughs) No. You know, scripture talks about, and this, you know, this is just the way this conversation's going, you know, with, but scripture talks about how our steps are numbered. You know, we, he knows what, and anytime he speaks over us, it never, it doesn't come back to him void. And, you know, we're here for a reason. Some of us are here for multiple reasons. We've been given talent. We've been given gifts to be able to exalt him above all. And I agree. You know, you're you're where you're at right now because that's the way he designed it. And yes, you are where you are right now because you allowed yourself and you submitted yourself and he has blessed you. 
and for that i'm very grateful yes i am too man i uh so that's the biggest thing is like i i think that the reason and i could be wrong but i believe the reason that things are going good like the reason everything worked out it did with me finding this new team with me getting this offer with bellator is i believe that part of my purpose is to use my platform to help tell people about what God has done for me because, you know, I could have, I started MMA at a young age. My dad did it for all my life. He was a really good fighter. And, uh, you know, I've been successful and whatever else I still worked hard, but like, because everything worked out the way it did, I have this testimony of what he did for me and I made it out of it. And I got a second chance at life and I got a second chance at my fighting career. And, you know, I just really believe my part of my purpose is to tell people what he did for me. And that's what I want to do one day. My purpose, like I said earlier, used to be selfish. It used to be, I want to do this for my coolness, but now I want to do this to like fulfill my purpose. And I think that everything's working out the way it is. And I'm seeing this success for, so I can tell people about what he did for me. And that's exactly why when Bellator's camera guy come in the back, you know, right after the fight, it was the first thing I started talking about was I just wanted to tell what he did for me. I always, I always prayed and, you know, I've, I've I told somebody this and they was like, God, don't make deals with people, blah, blah, blah. But like, I, I don't even mean it in that type of way. I just mean from my side of things, I made a promise to God that, you know, if he would help me, uh, not help me, but if he would see me to success in this sport that I love, that I would use everything, all platforms to pr- like, let people know what he did and praise him in front of everybody. And I mean, so far, everybody's – I'm not going to say everybody loves it. Obviously, there's some people that's like calling me Jesus boy and this, that, and the other because right after the fight, as soon as the fight was over, when I seen Big John McCarthy, I was looking at the camera and I was like, I want to say thank you to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then I ended my interview with I love Jesus and uh, or I love God and I love Jesus. And, I mean, I don't know. I just – I really feel like it's my purpose. My hands are fickle. They're going, and everybody's got their own opinion. You know how that is. Yeah. But you done what you thought that you needed to do and you're going to be blessed for it and you're going to continue to be blessed. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's, it's all good. Please go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, and like, I don't believe in, I don't believe in pushing God on people. I don't believe in like no. being like, oh, you don't believe in God. Get away from me. I don't like you. You know, there's, there is a lot of Christians out there like that. They do that. And they give us a bad name. I believe in planting a seed. So like someone might, absolutely, yes. And someone might hear my story and be like, okay, I'll give it a try. And they might, maybe they try church a little, like for a couple of weeks and they see a difference. Maybe they start praying at night and they build their personal relationship with God. And I make a difference, but I mean, that's what uh, that's really where I'm trying to go. I just want to plant that seed with people. I don't want to push it on them. I want to be like any type of like, because a lot of people despise Christians, like the atheists that don't like Christians. They despise us because of the people that try to push it. And I don't want to be that guy at all. I agree wholeheartedly with you on planting seeds. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of it's got to do. We're supposed to lead by example, not necessarily by words. We're supposed to be letting their light shine out from us and not necessarily just always talking about it. Um, planting seeds. And I like to walk. I like to tell people whenever I get the opportunities, you know, Jesus loves you and I love you. 
And if you need anything and I can help you, you let me know. And actually mean it. You know, a lot a lot of people will say or say stuff like that that call themselves Christians and then never do it. And that that really hurts people's viewpoint of Christians and the church and everything else, on top of the fact that the church is supposed to be a storehouse. That's- you're supposed to go there. And you're supposed to get what you need, not not to keep it there, but to receive strength and receive what you need to be able to go back out and minister and spread the gospel as the Bible, as Jesus told us to do in the Great Commission. And, you know, some people that call themselves Christians has gotten away, gotten away from that. And you know how it is. I hate to use this example, but it's the closest one I can come to. The bad, the bad seeds always get the more get more attention than the ones that do real good. You know, it's just like, you know, I'm from Walker County. I'm just right down the road from you. I work in Coleman, but our county is a really great place. It's a great place yeah. to raise a family, everything like that. But you hear more about the negative of this area, and that neg and the negative is a very, very, very small percentage of the rest of this county but they get all the attention you see what i'm saying oh i do i understand exactly what you're saying that is very very true but you just keep doing what you're doing and you do whatever you feel like the lord's leading you to do and you are going to flourish yeah uh i believe so man i believe the way it's going and uh i believe it's gonna continue to flow this path and like I said, I've just got such a great team around me that I just don't see how this couldn't just go straight up from here. And it's one more thing about that. It's just I'm I'm in a spot right now where I have literally gotten every single thing that I have prayed for. Yes. So even with even in certain instances where I just want to gripe and complain and this idea. Why am I wanting to gripe and complain? I got what I want. Yeah. You see what I'm you see where I'm going. It it's like a lot a lot of times we're just never satisfied with a lot of things. And you know, I'm much in my in my endeavors, much like you, I, I want to keep going forward. Yes. I don't I don't want to get complacent. I want to keep going forward. But I really do appreciate you coming on to the show and I would love to talk to you again sometime if, it, if our schedules allow. Yeah, for sure, man. I, uh, I'd like to do that too. I'd like to maybe try to get something lined up, maybe like a fight lined up and get it on here and do a little bit of promoting and just sit down and talk and it'd be awesome. I'd love, I would love that. Any way, any way that I could be a part, I would be more than happy to be. If you would, could you tell the people where they can find you on social media? Yeah, so on Instagram you can hi- you can find me at Vanilla Gorilla MMA. On Facebook, it's under Christian Eccles. There's a fighter page that I don't really use as much. I'm not as active on, um, but there's also my personal page of Christian Eccles that that's where I share most of my fight stuff, all my fighter information coming up and everything. So that would be the it's the one with me holding my arms up like this in the middle of the Bellator cage. I love that picture. But uh, yeah, and then I mean I use Twitter, but really just kind of keep up with fight news from other organizations and stuff. I don't post a whole lot. All right. Christian, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for coming on to the porch and I'll look forward to talking to you again. I appreciate it, brother. Have a good one.
You too, my friend. Big thanks to Christian Eccles for coming onto the porch. You can find him on Facebook or on Instagram. If you liked what he had to say, give him a like or follow and tell him you heard about him on Porch Matters. If you are new to the show and like what you hear, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button and download the episodes in our archives. If this show has been a positive addition to your life, please rate the show and leave a review. Won't take you but a minute and it really would help the show. Find us on social media by typing Porch Matters Podcast into the search bar. Word of mouth is still the best way of sharing. Pick your favorite episode and share it with at least one person this week. There are a lot of people out there that have never heard of a podcast before. I sure would appreciate it. And I'll see you next time right here on Porch Matters. <laughs>